Welcome to the Workshop Therapy Podcast. Today's Five Minute Monday, and I want to share a experience I guess I've had over the last few days here. I have been working on designing a, a tool, shall we say, an adapter for a clamp for a track saw. Just a little hold down clamp on the bottom of the track saw. I downloaded one off of Thingiverse, ran it through the 3D printer, and it didn't quite fit my clamp, and so I had to modify it a little bit. But I didn't like the design, so I decided to design my own. And so as I've been going through this process of iterative design, I've had several different issues, shall we say, and I've tried to correct them by tweaking my model, by expanding various measurements and changing things. And I've been able to do quite a bit of this in Fusion 360, and then I export it to my slicer and I run it through my 3D printer and bring out the, the end product, try it out, and, and then tweak it a little bit more. And so while I was doing this, I had a thought, shall we say, Iterative design and mental wellness kind of go hand in hand. So in this in this rapidly evolving society where change is our only constant, the ability to adapt and grow has never been more critical. It's not just about creating better products, it's about crafting a healthier and more resilient mindset. Iterative design is a process that involves refining and improving a product or a system through successful cycles of testing, evaluation, and modification. This concept is a product development and technology thing, but it has also very parallel with mental health. So in the world of design, iteration is kind of the key to perfection. And this same principle applies to our own mental health. Life is a continuous process of adaptation and learning. And just like a designer refines their creation, we too must refine our mental well-being. So iteration allows us to learn from our experience. It encourages us to view setbacks not as failures, but opportunities for growth. In the design process, the first version is rarely the best. And the same holds true with kind of our mental health journey and our experience experiences in life. It's it's not the best thing the first time we try something. It's okay to stumble as long as we pick ourselves up because each fall is a chance to rise and a little bit better and a little bit smarter than last time. So if we consider that each setback we face in life as a prototype, the initial version of yourself through this process of iteration, learning, adaptation, and evolving, you can refine that prototype into a better, more resilient version of yourself. It's a continuous journey towards self-improvement and mental well-being. The other thing that designing requires is feedback. So user feedback. If you're a product designer for a company, for for a product just for yourself, you're going to want some sort of feedback. And similarly, in our own lives, we can empathize with others and this and realize that mental health is not a solitary pursuit. It's a shared experience. We're, we're influenced by those around us. And so if we surround ourselves with people who are negative, it will pull us down. They're not giving us constructive feedback. They're just being damaging. If we surround ourselves with people who build you up, give you constructive feedback, not necessarily just say, oh, yeah, you're wonderful, but give you some sort of positive feedback and some critical feedback as well by by this process, we can build stronger connections, we can foster a support system, and we can kind of collectively grow together. The other thing we need to remember is the power of incremental progress. I'm going to read you a short story. For more than a century, the national bicycle racing teams of Great Britain had been the laughingstock of the cycling world. Mired in mediocrity, British riders had managed only a handful of gold medals in 100 years of Olympic competitions, and had been even more underwhelming in cycling's marquee event, the three-week-long Tour de France, where no British rider had prevailed in a 110 years. So sorry was the plight of British riders that some bike manufacturers refused to even sell bikes to the Brits, fearing it would forever sully their hard-won reputations. And despite devoting enormous resources into cutting-edge technology and every newfangled training regimen, nothing worked. Nothing, that is, until 2003, when a small, largely unnoticed change occurred that would forever alter the trajectory of British cycling. That new approach would also reveal a principle regarding our oft-times perplexing mortal quest to improve ourselves. So what happened in British cycling that has great relevance to our personal pursuits to be better? 
In 2003, Sir Dave Brailsford was hired. Unlike previous coaches who attempted to be dramatic overnight turnarounds, Sir Brailsford instead committed to a strategy he referred to as the aggregation of marginal gains. This entailed implementing small improvements in everything. That meant con constantly measuring key statistics and targeting specific weaknesses. Well-acclaimed author James Clear says this strategy puts the math squarely in our favor. He maintains that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. If you can get just 1% better at something each day, by the end of the year you will be 37 times better. Brailsford's small gains began with the obvious, such as equipment, kit fabrics, and training patterns. But his team didn't stop there. They continued to find 1% improvements in overlooked and unexpected areas such as nutrition and even maintenance nuances. Over time, these myriads of micro-betterments aggregated into stunning results, which came faster than anyone could have imagined. In the last two decades since implementing this philosophy, British cyclists have now won the storied Tour de France an astonishing six times. During the past four Olympic Games, Great Britain has been the most successful country across all cycling disciplines, and in the recently concluded Tokyo Olympics, the UK won more gold medals in cycling than any other country. So iterative design thrives on making small, meaningful changes over time, just like the British cycling aggregation of marginal gain. This same principle applies to our mental health. Small, positive changes in our habits, perspectives, and self-care routines can accumulate into transformative outcomes. It's not always about making these grand gestures. It's about the consistency of small, positive action. In our world, the pressure to be perfect can be pretty overwhelming, especially when you take social media and looking at other people's supposed perfection. Look, that pressure can be pretty overwhelming. So the iterative design process teaches us that perfection is not the goal. Progress is. The same thing applies to our mental health. So we can embrace our imperfections, learn from them, and iterate towards a more balanced and resilient state of mind. So as we navigate the complexities of life, let's remember that our mental well-being is a continuous, iterative design process. Embrace the journey, learn from each experience, and refine the masterpiece. In the words of Steve Jobs, design is not just what it looks like and feels like, design is how it works. Similarly, similarly our mental well-being is not just about appearances, it's about how it works, how it adapts, and how it iterates towards a healthier and happier self. So, with that, get out there, do something in your shop, do something in your studio, whatever you have, something that pushes you a little bit, and embrace the fact that it's not perfect, but next time it'll be a little bit better. I hope that was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with somebody in the next 24 hours. That will help you solidify that principle in your head, and it will help somebody else along their journey as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.